0: Welcome to the Think Fit, Be Fit Podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit Podcast Network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the show. Hello, welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit, Dr. Lauren Fisher. Hey, Jen. Thanks so much for having me today. Uh, you are the first recording in the new year. Happy Yay! New Year to everyone. Yay! Happy New Year. Great way to start it off. I invited you to be a guest. I know it was kind of a surprise, mm-hmm. but it was it was mostly because I feel like every season I need to renew my my own view on psychology and exercise mm-hmm. and maybe just, you know, I'm just so curious about like, you know, obviously the relationship we build with exercise and with ourselves. And I just feel like it's the it's the right thing to do and have your voice here and your perspective. So that's mm-hmm. my agenda. <laughs>
1: yeah. Great. Great. I love talking about the uh, relationship. It's a complicated one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the and exercise. Mm-hmm.
0: So I brought up this wonderful little piece that Alexandria Style Book did on you, just to kind of let people get to know you a little bit because this is just so cute. So you've been in Alexandria since 2006, and that's how we know each other. We're wellness industry neighbors, and uh, you know we we work together to bring you know our wellness industry more voice and power. So that's obviously one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said your favorite cocktail is Aperol Spritz. <laughs> I'd say that's in a top three for me as well. Is that still true?
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't even know it existed until <laughs> like two years ago and in Italy. And I'm like, what is everybody drinking? Is this a fantastic summer Spritz. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and it says your bucket list travel destination is hiking the Camino in Spain. Still true? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 cool. I think my brother did part of that. And then... I laughed. It says, phrase you overuse, right? (laughs) I just heard you say it. I thought that was really funny. And then uh, I love this. Define your style in three words or less. Business, chic, and feminine. Totally true. You always show up. And I just so appreciate that about you.
1: Thank you. For the record, I had to like consult my more fashionable friends to be like, how would you actually describe my style? (laughs) Just so you know where my focus is.
0: But thank you. (laughs) Okay. So let's see. Oh, wallpaper. You said definitely not. (laughs) No.
1: Although I got to tell you, I just learned about stick and peel uh, wallpaper and I am like curious about, uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a lo- I love projects, but, um, well, you know, yeah, like, you're, you're doing? a
0: Gemini, right? I'm a Gemini. That, 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 that's all you need to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll do one more. Oh, this is perfect. You know, you re- group exercise or solo. He said, you mix love yoga yeah. with the community. Mm-hmm. And then your go-to workout is running, mm-hmm. group exercise or solo. I already did that. <laughs> fitness goal, continue to build a strong body. And uh, that's beautiful, strong and yeah. healthy body. Yeah. And then it, you, you we have like your your proudest fitness achievement in here. And that is that you conquered the Grand Canyon rim to rim hiking. And, yeah. whoa, this was like right after that. So you prepped for eight months and in the process fell in love with movement again and enjoyed the process of becoming healthier, stronger, and you give some cred to your personal trainer from Foundations Fitness right down the road here in Alexandria. Mm -hmm. It was a transformative physical and spiritual journey for me. I think that's a great place to start
1: as everyone knows about the pandemic that started in March 2020 for me you know i'm i'm pretty involved in a lot of things and like when that pandemic first hit as a healer helper right i was like what can we do right let's offer all these services online mm-hmm. and it was like actually crickets like our normal clients were calling us but like no one was doing emergency calls because everyone was in a freeze response mm-hmm. and so In a way, it kind of disoriented, I think, my helper for a little bit (laughs) because I wasn't, things got like quiet. And then with the impending stresses, we were trying to be there for others, but also going through the same thing. Everything just slowed down for me. And when I get more, uh, my stress response often, I guess, you know, when I start to get more into freeze and slow down, I'm sedentary and I'm eating more, right? Like Mm. many people. And, um, I just was not in a great place. And so came along an opportunity of my cousin, Dan, who, and we were just on a call and he was talking about how he had just hiked rim to rim and let a group of people in. Wow. And he was talking about his nonprofit. He started this nonprofit called um, My359. So I don't know if you're familiar with Roger Bannister. He was the one who broke the four minute mile back in the day. And someone said, you could never, no one could ever do it. Right. And he believed he could and he broke it in 359. So Dan just started because of his own, he had gone through cancer and at a life transition point was just like, I'm just going to start walking and doing like things that I can control and, you know, believe in the possibility. And it really got him connected to God being in nature. So being a survivor, he's just been inspired to lead others through the Canyon. So he was telling us about it and it started like ringing for me. I'm like, I need something. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of this pandemic. That's unknown. Right. A lot of things uncertain, you know, and I also know or wanted to be like, when you're a therapist, you've got this extra burden that you got to try to be as healthy as you can be for the people you're serving. Right. So if I'm not moving and I'm not eating well, I'm not in my, we all know, you're not Mm -hmm. in your best frame of mind, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me go ahead and sign up for this. So a year Mm -hmm. out, signed up for it and started to get excited about it. I Mm -hmm. knew it was going to be a journey because I was literally coming from walking I think my steps were like 2,000 steps a day. I was like really out of shape for me and not moving. So I knew it was going to be good for me because I do well with the structure, Mm -hmm. but that's just the start of it. Like the reason I started doing it is I wanted to get back with health, but I also like a challenge, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that, um, seeing things that or being able to accomplish things you never thought you could do. And I'm like, can I really hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim? I'm like, I don't know, but let's try and find
0: out, <laughs> yeah. Like there's such a good visual metaphor with hiking and mm-hmm. you know, the goal setting. I mean, there's just so much wrapped up in there. And I, I think we can get even more benefit from exercise if we're doing it within like a natural environment, you know? and I mean, and I, I don't know. I see your pictures. like you're out on the trails on the weekends mm-hmm. or in the morning, and mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me about like the actual the structure. And now fast forward, <laughs> you're on to another big goal, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing I learned, at least for me, like having, a, you know, a set a goal like structures me, right? So I'm going to put the time in, even if I don't think I have it, but I'm going to put it in. I know that if I'm putting those steps in, I'll start to feel better. So structurally, I knew, and Dan did a great job with being like, listen, you need to take this journey serious, right? Mm -hmm. So, but he had said first, like, what's your why, right? And, And my why really was to get back into good health, like mm-hmm. I want to feel good again. I felt very weak too. And I didn't like that during mm-hmm. the pandemic. I was helping someone like bucket out um, water from their basement. And I was the weakest I've ever been in my life. And I didn't like that feeling either. So I started to set a schedule, right? Because we all know small goals will lead to big ones. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's work out two or three times a week. But I get out there on the hikes. So small hikes leading up to... Big hikes. I mean, listen, you know, you're going to get through that journey. Well, most likely I knew I was going to complete the journey, but how I complete it was up to me, right? Mm. How much I paid attention to my nutrition, my training, like my mental attitude about it was going to decide whether it was going to be enjoyable or it was going to be, you know, unbearable. <laughs> so I really think that that part made a big difference in, in mm-hmm. the way that I was training and appreciating appreciating the wins and the goals, like, you know, the success along the way, you mm-hmm. know, to see myself start being able to go from, you know, goals of like 2,000 steps a day to 5,000 to 7,000 to 10,000, right? And feeling those like cognitive physical benefits, mm-hmm. But also becoming like a better hiker, right? Like learning what it meant to have the right gear,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and to be hydrated the right way, and to feel good about it. The how is very important. Yeah, you know, we love the how. <laughs> there, you know, I can think of multiple times in my practice where we do neuromuscular therapy, physical therapy, yeah. and training, right? And we really have seen people set a big goal and then they you know they they don't prepare but mm-hmm. they they do try to prepare they're like okay i can do it this much a week i can do it 3 hours a week and that's you know i mean that might be enough time if you're doing everything you know regimented and focused but sometimes people end up like in a catastrophe Situation. Right. I mean, and when you're talking about hiking, there is like an actual danger to it, but oh, yeah. it's also like the ang- the catastrophe I'm talking about is anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you know, when people like they have anxiety about having anxiety, yeah, um, they're like, I have anxiety about the really hard thing, and then the hard thing's going to give me more anxiety. So yeah. I think just to circle back that how you know it's 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 really like. You can be intense and focused, create the structure, and then you you just have like a more open receiver, like for all the gifts of exercise, right? Versus like the other way, which is kind of just you know winging it a little bit too much and yeah, not working on the things that come up for you, you know. Totally. Well, what? I'll
1: be honest. I do cut corners sometimes with training. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I think one thing here I forgot to add in that I did decide to work with a physical trainer because I'm also mm-hmm. like, let me work with someone who knows what they're doing, right? Versus mm-hmm. me trying to figure out everything because they kept saying, got to run a lot of stairs, got to run a, la- a lot of stairs. I'm like, where are there stairs to run, you know? <laughs> so, my trainer really helped, but there is like a healthy amount of, anxiety and I think in this case a a good amount that Mm -hmm. was like you do know like that there are risks to this like hike you know so Mm -hmm. we were hearing things that like listen once you get in the base of the canyon like they can't rescue you so Mm -hmm. this was also a big group effort there were 10 of us going so it was really important that we were all interconnected and taking care of each other through this Mm -hmm. um because it's like if something happens like you're on your own. So you need to figure it out. So you need to be like really prepared and healthy and, you know, doing this responsibly.
0: Were there people not prepared in your group?
1: I would say my group rocked it out, but there was a lot of frantic phone calls. Okay. So <laughs> this, this is kind of funny. So there was like uh, half of us East coast type um, including my brother and sister-in-law and my friend from New York. And uh, you know, some of them live busy lives and weren't quite training as much. So we've never done this. So we're like, either we're over-training or we're under-training. But like a month before... And if Dan watches this, he knows I said this, like he sent motivational videos from people that have done it before. And they're like, oh, it's going to change your life. You know, it's a real spiritual journey. It's a physical journey, but they're like, I sure wish I had done more stairs. I sure wish I had done more <laughs> stairs. So like, and, the, and this is like two weeks before I'm like, this would have been helpful four months ago. Right? <laughs> so everyone's out running stairs, calling each other at 6am. Like, are we going to die in the Canyon? You know? <laughs> so we were kind of hoping we're, we were prepared enough. And in, uh-huh. in actuality, we were. Didn't mean that everything went without a, um, off without a hitch. But yeah, we were prepared.
0: So, uh, Yeah, I, lo- I love that story. But I mean, you know, either I want to go back to, you mentioned a healthy amount of anxiety. So mm-hmm. I'd really like to know, dig into that a little bit more, because I think that comes up with fitness goals a lot.
1: Like at least specific to this journey, like Mm -hmm. I think that listen, if you care about your health, like and your well-being, like you want to prepare yourself best for the journey. You don't want to hurt yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like and in, in this case, like I wanted to make sure that I didn't do damage to my body, right? Mm. Or that I'd be in a situation where I needed to be helicoptered out or had altitude sickness or, you know, some other uh, dehydration issues. So, like, I think that, like, uh, just for basic survival, and it's, uh, you know, prudent to, to pay attention to the things that are important, right? Mm-hmm. For a good physical journey. If I had focused on, or what some people do is, like you said, focus on the anxiety of the anxiety. You know, I'd heard some stories with other people that had done it. They were just, like, worried the whole time. Like, they got into the bottom of the canyon. And obviously, the, the day out, the next day is the harder part, right? Mm-hmm. You've got 14 miles that you're going straight, basically straight up. And that is very taxing on your body. And he said that people would just get anxious, like, "What am I going to be able to get out? Am I going to be able to get out? And they're just worrying about, like, that, you know, future catastrophizing and over-anticipating and sort of, like, you know that became unhealthy because that hadn't actually happened, right? Instead of focusing on like, what can I do right now? Or just reminding yourself that you're prepared or mm-hmm. what will I do if I'm struggling, right? How do I mm-hmm. use my teammates? Things of that nature. So in regards to, I mean, I guess like everyday
0: mm-hmm. anxiety
1: mm-hmm. with health.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I what I hear you say, like vigilance is important
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: all built in for a reason. Yeah. I mean, and when I think of like health, and uh, health and anxiety struggles every day. I think about hypervigilance. That that's very relevant to my client population because they're coming out of you know maybe chronic pain or chronic injury. Yes. So hypervigilance can be an issue when you're exercising as well. Mm-hmm. So I just see so many places where it crosses over. Hypervigilance when you're working out is you know people like say you know it's like your trainer just telling you, oh, don't move that, don't move that, but move that. And you're like, okay, I only have 45 seconds to perform this exercise. And I just have my attention is on like too many things. And so that's how I see it play out day in and day out, like at the, you know, in client anyways, interactions and even with (coughs) myself, you know, because I think so much about exercise that it gets... Mm-hmm. hypervigilant. So, you know, this is actually about me, this question.
1: Yeah. Well, Good. That's what we're good. here for. But you just mentioned something and you had asked, I think, or talked to me about like psychologically informed exercise. And that's what I think is great about what you do and having someone, if you're... Allowed to, or you know, fortunate enough to have someone guide you through things that you trust, especially because um when there's that fear avoidance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially I would imagine pain patients, right? Like mm-hmm. they sort of have sort of the belief that they can or they're gonna be hurt. And so right, setting them up right in a way in which you're setting them up for success and exposing mm-hmm. them, right? Slowly to build up that confidence again. And you obviously a master at doing that right with the body. I think when people, I think I see that a lot in just the average of people like limiting themselves, mm-hmm. not so much just the average person, not actually with pain, but just limiting themselves and uh, being fearful they can't do things or they're not capable. And then they just avoid in there.
0: It happens a lot. It happens a lot with people. Like you go to the doctor and they're like, you got arthritis, but don't go on the treadmill. And you're like, and so that that's creating a story um it happens with just very simple somebody will go look uh they're at they're about to go to the gym they pop on the youtube real quick to see if there's a new exercise they can do and then they watch the person do it and they're like well i don't have that butt or i don't have those abs like how can i do that yeah and then and then the hyper vigilance or like that focus can like totally change to they're doing the ab exercise and like criticizing themselves at the same time. And I just can't buy, I, I just, I, I, I don't want people to think that that's a, like a good way to treat yourself. It goes so many different directions.
1: Yeah. And like, I think this, you know, goes to like where comparison can be helpful or unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And the reason I share my story, right. Some people are like, Oh my gosh, you hiked the grand Canyon. This is huge. I've run marathons, but guess what? Yes. I played sports in high school. I was decent, but I cut corners. Like when we had to run a mile, I would (laughs) run three laps. They thought I ran four. I did the bare minimum. (laughs) I was never a runner. That's why I share my marathon stories because it started with a 5k Uh and I was like, I can't run more than a mile. Uh You know, (laughs) who am I? And then like, the metaphor, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. let's just see, can I do a little more than I used to? You know, let Uh me take another step. And then like, there's the 5K and then and then moving on. And that's why I share my story a lot because I think we're capable of so much more than we give Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. credit for. And marathons may not be your thing, but whatever it is, right? Like, Mm -hmm. do you believe in that power of possibility? Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, instead of just shutting yourself down, what can I do? What might I be able to do? And I think that when you, just the belief you can succeed in things, that gets um, infectious. And then mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what you're applying to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you
0: now are like opening up, well, hey, maybe that could be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why the, if we go to the grocery store and you look at the, the aisle, you know, the magazines on the aisle, they're all like these like weight loss stories. Mm-hmm. The before and after there might there'll be like three or four of them. I think the, the they're they've been there, you know, for decades. Like that's like a not that's not a trend, and yeah. I think it just speaks to that like how and how it you know beautifully and attached we can get to, oh my God, self belief and how we can work on self trust through exercise. I think that is just like one of the most beautiful things that. that I try to foster and lead is just that planting the seeds for that. That's one of my Thanks. my missions for sure. Um, and then you know it makes me wonder if how often you see you know your community and your patient population. And I mean, and you have a wellness center, so there's like a lot of. I, I would think a lot of different examples of types of people, you know, thinking about them using fitness exercise in a life transition. Can you, can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, I can because,
0: you know, I
1: okay, this is what I see. And every time I talk to you, I just always start getting like tons of ideas, right? And I'm always like, oh, I need to implement this It's sort of like, okay. Let me me refocus. Life transitions. So when I see people through life transitions, and actually we attract a lot of people during life transitions, Mm -hmm. but um, even if they're good ones, what typically happens is there's a hubbub of activity, right? There can be a lot of stress, right? Uh, We don't have time. Sometimes, depending on it, it could be... Depending what the transition is, there might be depression, right? Or there's anxiety and stress. People are like, well, whatever. They abandon all like healthy eating, exercise, right? And they become more sedentary. So, like, you know, there's a lot of different ways.
0: Oh, of back to that freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: if it's a negative transition, a lot of people freeze, right? Mm -hmm. Shut down, go back to all types of habits, right? But even if it's a positive transition, I see a lot more stress, right? And still abandonment. They get in that hyper, oh my God, there's no time for anything. I just got to right? So exercise, as you would know, is extremely important like during this time, or at least some form of it, Mm -hmm. because we know that that's going to rape affect your dopamine and your endorphins, right? So it's gonna boost your mood or it's gonna create some like right release and, and mm-hmm. calm you. Um, so your brain health is going to be better, might help your decision making. But you know, I think that even like small bits of exercise gives you a sense of control. I think this is really important when you're in life transition that's uncertain or you're not sure how it's gonna come. I'm always like, well the one thing you do know is you can put one foot in front of the other.
0: Hmm. Like retiring, like, oh, what am I going to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the answers aren't always there Mm -hmm. and the thinking mind wants to figure it out. And I think you might agree with me. Like when you get into, I mean, movement, music, meditation gets you out of your thinking mind and connects you, I think more with your spiritual self. I think you'll get answers too and your intuition things will come to you more, but just for the immediate benefit of actually just sense of control mm. you know exercise can be really you know concrete things can be really beneficial especially if it's with a group because you're mm. connecting and, and connecting with others is always good for our nervous system
0: yeah we went at length at that on the previous episode so we launched a, a once a month show called the peach pit fitness Mm. And it's more of a critique setup. So mm-hmm. we think of it as inquisitive because, like, yeah. it's a seasoned fitness and like sports therapy rehab person like me, when you scroll online and like when I scroll online and start seeing like trends and this, it's so easy to dismiss things. And never have the opportunity to learn about them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's easy to get triggered. Like, oh, I'm not enough. Like, as a professional, like, why am I not doing that? Or there's just so many. And so I created this show to give myself and the co-host, Meredith, a, a nice space to just, like, explore the inquisitive end of that. So we went into trends. and So we just call it, like, you know, kind of critiquing trends. And we yeah. did a big one on group exercise. And I, yeah. And I did. And it's really easy for me as someone who's like trained in mechanics and all this other exercise dialed in stuff. Like I'm not your first stop, right? Like yeah, <laughs> on the exercise journey, you know, and it's really easy for someone like me to put my nose up to group exercise. But mm-hmm. I learned so much about why I should not do that. (laughs) 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 I think that's a good transition to kind of talk about why, why you like it uh, personally, and maybe as a, uh, on the professional end too.
1: Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini, I am social, but uh, you know, I, yeah, like in a community, it's yoga. Okay. Yoga, um, Pilates, and I, you know, in a way, it's it's individual, but it's like you're still within this group, right? And I think there's this power of collective when people are all in like higher self or meditating together. There's a mm. very like you know, collective feel. And I think that social engagement like that, again, with that nervous system, like that calming, if it's with the right community, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, I think that's important too, mm -hmm. you know, but yet there's still like yoga, you know, you have that individual ability to and be there for the reasons you're being there, you Mm -hmm. know, for your own personal movement or strengthening or whatever it may be. And I think, you know, going back to the canyon, What I liked about that is uh, I like that group sense of camaraderie and like taking care of each other. And it didn't have to be, but I think the way that Dan set it up, just we were all attuned to that. So everyone was checking in on each other. But at the end of the canyon, like I kind of just did my own thing. Like we were, we knew where each other were, but I was able to kind of do my own like I got in a groove and I was self-talking mm-hmm. and like moving up these like really difficult, you know, paths. So I like that idea of like your own, but within the sense of a context at the end of the day, yeah. mm-hmm. we're all interconnected. We do better with others <laughs> in some yeah. capacity,
0: you know? Well, yeah, I looked into it and I'm sure you've heard of this woman, Kelly McGonigal. She wrote a book called The Joy of Movement. So she's a a psychology PhD that teaches and researches at Stanford. And she wrote a book called The Upside of Stress. No, the joy. And there's a couple books, but the recent one is called Joy of Movement. Mm -hmm. And she measures the connectivity of group exercise, basically. And there's Mm -hmm. just like real biochemical evidence that like we're in, you know, basically. And so I can't remember what she called it. I did review it in the group exercise uh, episode and she also talked about like a green connection again, like go even and if it's outside, it's like it even gets higher that connection. But she said like the, the connectivity even happens with like soldiers marching together or like Mm -hmm. dancing choreography, that sort of thing. Like it, it, it basically just makes the exercise and like specifically like the chemicals of, that would promote like self autonomy, you know, like healthy social order. That mm-hmm. the like that whole pathway is just like lit up and gonna really like stick with that type of exercise, mm-hmm. versus maybe um, where I use exercise in a very isolating way sometimes, mm-hmm. where it's like mm, me time. Yes. So it's different. Yeah. Very different. Which I
1: think has a lot of benefits too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I think we need that, but yeah, maybe it's that mix. And it's interesting, like, you know, with, again, being informed, I, I, I think when it comes to working with individual clients... You know, often I hear people are like, I can't work out alone. I can only work out with a friend. And I used to be like, oh, come on. You just think you can't. And then I'm like, well, wait, maybe that's actually for them Mm. really. How they thrive. So instead of being like trying to prescribe or push them individually, it's sort of like, okay, well, great. If that's where you flourish, you get the best benefit. How are you going to make that happen? And what's reasonable, you know? So I think exercise is, is, as you know, I love that just the joy of movement. Like, right? Isn't that the the grand goal. If people can see so beautiful and enjoy movement, right? For what it is, sort of like breathing, right? Now I'm like, yeah. how do you not like moving? Right. <laughs> or, you know, but I mean, sometimes I forget that because I get sedentary. But once I start moving again and you see all of it, and you want that for others too, right? That joy versus the pressure of that, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, the external outcome. So mm-hmm. do you think individually? It's really helping people identify like where their energy is going to flow. Like maybe it is individual, maybe it's group, you know, and the type of movement, there is no set way to do it.
0: It just makes me think of the importance of the, like the facilitator too, like the role that they play. And I'm just a huge advocate for pushing for m- more just an education in the fitness industry as a whole. Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. But <laughs> you know, for me, it's like fitness to me is health. And yes. like I can't I, I for the life I, I can't accept that people as trainers are not that qualified to help people's actual health. You know, there yeah. a lot of people get into this industry just to stand in and mm-hmm. get a quick I don't know, turnaround on, on getting paid and instant kind of gratification. And, you know, it's, and they're not, I don't know. It just makes me think that, you know, real change there could, it is, it's for me, it's very important, but I think in general, like that, the, the facilitator of the exercise is providing some kind of healthcare that's that anyways that's my main point yeah well no
1: and i think it's super important and i mean i think there's that's why there's people like you you know because even i've learned a lot from your podcast too Mm -hmm. and that's what i was saying with ideas going out it's almost like i you know in a way i haven't done this but of course we're always encouraging exercise in the beginning but i almost like want this pamphlet for people to be like let me show you Per our wonderful Jen, like exactly Mm -hmm. what's happening in your body, how this is part of healthcare, right? For people Mm -hmm. to like tangibly see, like, oh, you're anxious, like this is what Mm -hmm. exercise is doing, how Mm -hmm. it's gonna help you with this part of your journey, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, I think, and hopefully in the future, we are seeing right that is more of a part of like a healthcare plan, Mm -hmm. right? With someone who is an Mm -hmm. informed educator.
0: Yeah, I well, like you, my brain goes, gets very excited when I think about like little client education pieces like that. I <laughs> just love yeah. it. I just imagined, uh, you know, you pick in one column, you've got your, you know, your disordered health. And on the other side, you're like, okay, which one, you know, yes. do you want? Like, you know, can we match all these things up? Because there's like a chemical response that, can account for some of our modern problems, (laughs) basically.
1: I feel like we are birthing a new idea.
0: Yeah, we are birthing. (laughs) But let's, uh, speaking of birthing something, let's switch this into like really big roadblocks for people that are like real underneath the surface. The things that people are now bringing up with trauma Hello, Jennifer here. If you're enjoying this episode and are hungry for more mental reps about exercising efficiently and effectively, make sure to check out the other shows in our network, Peach Pit Fitness and Fitness for Consumption. We explore it all from celebrity workout trends to peer reviewed research. Focus on what really matters, synthesizing accurate information into meaningful action for you and your clients. Enhance your fitness mindset and process by listening to all Think Fit, Be Fit podcast at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com or on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode. I guess I would just really like your take on what it could mean to be trauma-informed, maybe choosing not even exercise. It's like, where do you start with like, moving through that and then even caring enough about healing yourself to take that next step to health. For example, um, I had a just a, a very traumatic teenage years, like very up until I was 20 and then afterwards because like so I guess like 10 years, 15 to 25 I was in a constant state of grief and trauma. Mm-hmm. And so when I started exercising, uh, I was always exercising because I had sports, but I needed a way to kind of right my wrongs. That's how I kind of thought of as exercise. I was mm-hmm. like, I just got to move because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then, And then I created a whole career in exercise, but mm-hmm. it was based on my anxiety to fix someone Mm -hmm. because I couldn't save my mother, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like carrying that around. Mm -hmm. So it took me so long to kind of see that as a somewhat of a gift and some, and and also a problem at the same time. Like it was, it was a very, it's been very, it's a very confusing thing to to balance. And, And I, and I also think of people who, have trouble giving themselves proper nutrition because they don't have that like self-love initiative. You know, like that's kind of where I go on the other end of that spectrum. But they don't they don't even see the need to give themselves nourishment.
1: Well first of all, thank you for sharing your experience and I think the way you explained it is really helpful for people to start thinking about their experience I didn't set out to become a trauma therapist, but I evolved over time, understanding how much past trauma, um, especially developmental or ongoing trauma, really influences the way in which we shows up. We show up in the world, and mm-hmm. the one of the theories that I really ascribe to and been getting trained in is internal family systems, and. It looks like at the collection of parts of us, and it, it talks about sort of like our higher, wiser self always knows how to heal us, but we have all of these different parts that shows up, right? Part these parts are right: the trainer, the mother, the friend, the critic, right? And you know, Dick Schwartz made this theory is like when we look at all these parts, could be the addict, you know, they're all trying to help us in some way. Um, half of them are managers that they're trying to, you know, keep us from experiencing discomfort or pain. And the other half come in and try to like squash pain. And they all have value. And but what happens is when we have injured or wounded parts underneath. So let's say a traumatized part that hasn't been released. So let's say for example, just gonna use yours like the teenage self, right? that like a protector was born right the exercise person became a protector it was like let's get moving and this was a protector that you needed and made you feel better right purpose mm-hmm. and movement and like that was a beautiful protector right mm-hmm. and so and you know and like most of us in the psych career right our helpers got developed the same way <laughs> you know it's it is it is what it is you know and you're like wow and what you've done with your career, like all these positive things, but you're like, Hey, maybe I didn't notice or someone didn't notice that, like, you know, the underneath, right. Uh, sometimes those parts are still trying to protect us from feeling like the trauma underneath or healing it. And that can be, uh, those parts can look great. They could be marathon runners. They could be, you know, helpers, mm. all, you know, all types of things. They but- can be overachievers right way They're yeah the overachievers what catches our attention often is the parts that the addict right mm. the depressed part the overly anxious part those are the parts that usually bring us into therapy right hey, this part's out of balance why is this running the show and um a lot of times when you peel back there is a there is a trauma underneath that needs to be healed you know I like this theory because this is all about stories and kind of talking to the multiple parts in your, Head, um, Mm -hmm. which is scary for people, and there's a there's a whole technique then to like um, basically bringing that traumatic part out and helping it release its emotion and cognitions around um, that period in time. It's sort of like freeing that, so Mm -hmm. it's not stuck. And you'll hear that in trauma therapy. It's like always getting to how do you free that, right? How do you free the narrative and the emotions that are stuck? So you know, in a lot of trauma therapies. You have to be in a certain state of being hmm. to be able to do that, and we might say a regulated state. Um, hmm. Some truly believe that, and so one of the ways in which—and this is going to answer your question in a sort of long-winded way—but
0: perfect, <laughs> uh, you know, exercise
1: is actually a vital can be a vital part of healing, like hmm. that trauma because. Exercise, right? If you're, you know, if you, especially if you're doing any kind of movement, um, but yoga, meditation, anything that gives you breathing and con- more control over your bodily states, right? Helps you to be able to be in that state where you can process or reprocess the trauma mm-hmm. okay. and rewrite the narrative. So, so it's really important. So now, someone, might be coming in and they just want to... We're going to be talking about what we talked about initially, right? Mm-hmm. Just for your overall immediate current health, this is really important. But a lot of times, you're helping people who are dysregulated. Most of us are dysregulated mm-hmm. on a level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our yeah. whole life, you know? Mm. And so exercise is a great like way to create that kind of that holding space, you know? Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, That's cool. I love that because I think that's also holding space is you know it's a noun and a verb in a way because like you hold space yes right but if someone can create their own it's like nurturing it's a noun like that's Mm -hmm. so cool and
1: the cool thing about like I love this internal family systems because it's actually a little bit different than the other trauma therapies, which is like, we have to learn to regulate ourselves. And he's just like, you have all the healing tools inside yourself Mm. already that you don't Mm. even know. So it's really empowering and actually quite remarkable work I've done without that's different than the other trauma therapies where it's like, you got to take weeks and months to lead up to regulating. Actually, people... People can get themselves there more than they think they can. Um, mm-hmm. It's just almost like that higher, wiser self has been blocked mm-hmm. for yeah. so long.
0: I'm imagining a a metaphorical dinner table, mm-hmm. like the my grandmother had, like one of those twelve person tables. Yeah, and higher self is sitting where kind of like Grandpa sits, like at yeah. the, at the head, and then you've got all your you know, and some of those people are they're like representative of the trauma, and like some of those people eat a lot, they take a lot from that dinner table, and like you're the dinner table,
1: yeah <laughs> totally well and you know and and let me rephrase and say higher self but it's like your core self and you know you're in core self when you're like calm connected curious like compassion Mm. and that's a state in which you can heal other parts but yeah those protectors are working hard and they have been and when we don't shame our parts Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. us like um, and we can be curious about them like why is why does the addict sweep sweep in Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? You just it, it, you know you felt you, a threat of pain or shame or whatever maybe, and that came in to blot
0: out the pain, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's understand why it's coming in, you know? Yeah. I mean, this makes me think that it it's just like a huge shift in your industry where, okay, like you know, Sex and the City just reboot, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the '90s, one of the gals from Sex in the City gets. A therapist. It was like a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, Miranda got a therapist. I, I don't think they've ever gotten therapy, which I have a huge pet peeve about. Anyways, <laughs> I have a huge pet peeve about pet peeve about successful women not getting the help they need on TV. Yep, yeah, <laughs> it goes yeah, across all sure. genres. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like no, yeah, but you know, anyways, and now like now we're almost talking about a healing modality with a trained professional that isn't this, you know, huge, like, you know, eight year commitment that people like automatically think when you hear therapists, therapist, you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're good. Gonna... Four years of my life. Like they just like, it doesn't have that. And I would, I would just, it would be just so beautiful to see that continue to change. Cause I I think it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you have your missions. Like we have ours and... Um, and we had to evolve. I I can't tell you how how interesting it is that like even major trauma techniques are still not taught in grad school. Like everything we learned about trauma, we learned on our own, and that came from just realizing like talk therapy. And listen, there's a lot of value to I say like immediate relief. You know, I think a lot of people go to therapy. I'm anxious about something. Help me breathe. You know, but I'm just going to manage my symptoms, right? And but it doesn't like solve or heal, you know, it never get a lot of times therapy isn't getting to the underlying issues Mm -hmm. or the trauma, if you will. So I think that, you know, there's a shift in our field, thankfully, like in the last like 10, 15 years, where there's these amazing techniques that are coming out where people can really do the deeper healing and do it faster. I think it's important for the public to know Mm. that a lot of times it, I just think it's really important most of the time to go to, to a trauma-informed or a trauma therapist mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a lot of people are not using any mind-body techniques at all. Mm-hmm. And that is... Um, it's wild to me, but it's a little bit worrisome because for people who have more intense trauma, when they re-feel, like they get triggered again... And that shut down, by, it's too much. And then they like cut out of therapy mm-hmm. and they're like, and the, well, I mean, why do we have all these protectors? Because nobody wants to feel pain, right? Mm-hmm. Until right. you realize that, like, you know, you're greater than your pain or you can hold it or you can regulate it. And then feeling and processing it can actually release it. But that's hard for people. People have lived through some really tough things and for a long time, long time. So they, they have a lot of unconscious uh, defenses that are working hard to never. Get there,
0: but yeah, from a person who has had multiple therapists and multiple probably schools of thought applied in the in those settings, and having had trauma informed therapy, it it is a lot different. And but I, I also figured it out early. Like I, even though I still went on for years without the right help, I was still eager to keep going and to keep yeah. learning. Thank goodness. I'm sure there's a fitness metaphor in there too. I uh, cannot fathom, you know, what people are holding on to unconsciously, you know? Well, so,
1: oh. I mean, my hope is all, I think we're all just trying to live with more ease mm. and like the kind of work that you've done in the work that you teach other people, it's like a framework, right? And mm-hmm. so back to like what the metaphor of the journey is, like my hope is to help people become conscious navigators of their life. Like I'm not the healer, they're their own self healer. <laughs> but when you understand to just start asking yourself, right? And I'm doing this all the time. I'm like, oh, why did I react that way? Like, mm-hmm. why did my anxious person flare up? And you can like sit back and just sort of question be like, why is that part showing up right now, you know? hmm is there something to be attended to underneath? Sometimes there is. Sometimes it's just some, you know, beliefs of others you've been holding and whatnot to release. But again, this curiosity and compassion for
0: ongoing learning, if you will, mm-hmm. oh, beautiful. Well, it definitely is a beautiful thing to be on a a progressive path and feel the progress and what you just mentioned, where you are able to hold space for yourself and like figure it out and actually kind of even like reverse engineer, like the situation, which could take you less than a minute. Like that's such a huge win is when you catch that Mm -hmm. moment, you know, you catch Mm -hmm. that reaction. And, uh, and so long story short, this can all play out within your exercise.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you knew it. I'm sure you explained the neuroscience a bit better, but I can't emphasize enough that I think like moving just creates shifts, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it just does. Things start to change for people and that flexibility of thinking. And, you mm-hmm. know, again, I think it's, a, again, an opportunity to create a space mm-hmm. for things to transform mentally and psychologically.
0: Yeah, we see yeah, it's really cool to see people have the moments where they re- realize they were catastrophizing something or they were like um avoiding something and they you know, they tell me they have the conversations with themselves and they get make moves. But they make like their own decisions to make the next move and sure. and I literally mean like movement but you know like i also see people retract and constrict and fall into a a funnel of more shots get surgery it's a real possibility that you can have tissue damage with no pain and very little limitations on your body and I'm living proof of that. um, And a lot of people that come out of my studio are, you know, living proof of that. I guess the thing that's just popping into my
1: head too is that like, just, you know, appreciating you for what you do and the importance of like, I don't know, going through life journey, life's journeys with like people that really care because people can help. Heal people too. You never know what people have gone through. So again, to have the level of attention and detail and care into their process, but allowing them right to to move throughout that process and how they need to. Because I'm sure your clients have their own like struggles to go through. Mm -hmm. But like, but that's really, really. It's been really important for me in Mm -hmm. the exercise realm too. Like I was nervous about going back to a trainer. I'd had mm-hmm. experiences before about like, got to do this. Just keep pushing yourself. And I was like, off the bat, I was like, listen, I'm like, if you are telling me or judging me or whatever it may be, I was like, I'll be out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I was fortunate enough to find a trainer as I'm sure people are finding within the way they work with you. Someone who's like really educated about the science, but also just knew how to like, let me find my way. Like they created mm-hmm. that space to heal, to move forward, to work through challenges, and and that's really really important. So I thank you for that because I think on so many other levels, it's really healing for people. Mm-hmm. Aside from the actual work you're doing, you
0: know. Oh, the, the, thank the, the, you. The that's part. so nice to hear. And you know, that's just like a nod to you know CJ as well. It's like to be able to do that. If anybody listening out there is like aspiring to do this. It's like that's where like the boundary work comes in really strong for mm-hmm. you as a healer and a facilitator because it's really easy to be like jumping up to a conclusion and saying, "Oh no, that doesn't work that way." And instead of asking like why they're doing it. I constantly strive to ask better questions when I'm in those situations mm-hmm. and it's hard. So so I just, I want to like throw that out there for anybody that's like, uh, thinking I got rainbows shooting out my butt, but, um, (laughs) I do sometimes, sometimes I hear you. I think it's (laughs) like a
1: gift and a curse to see the ways in which people can heal fast. And, you know, you want to lead them and I suffer the same issue. I'll be like, Hey, you get here, A to B. and Okay. But. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they have a journey. We're not entirely sure what their journey is, but I like that. You can continue to ask questions to help them. But sometimes, yeah. I don't know about you, but it's always it just interesting. People shift at times, you don't expect them to shift.
0: Mm. And yeah. so, so it's,
1: yeah, it's boundaries is important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. So, what's going on at the Wellness Junction or with practice in general? Anything yeah. interesting? Yeah,
1: well, you know, um, I mean, we're just continuing um, <laughs> with our therapy, uh, which has been mostly virtual. That's been a interesting change for us. The good news is t- seeing that, like, therapies are working mm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: pretty good over, uh, over virtual. Um, I would say though, if anyone here is listening and does therapy, and your uh, therapist can't see you, and your like hands are like underneath, like freaking out, please tell them. It's one of the things we lose, I think, in trauma therapy is like oh. you're not seeing the full body. So yeah. I'm really hoping that people will start coming in person. I think there's yeah. something
0: that's missed, like hands and feet. Like they always like do like crisscross and yeah. yeah. I can
1: totally. I didn't even think of that. Ugh, I was tough. so glad my client told me. That. He's like. Cause he was, pro- we're doing some real deep work and he's like, you know, my hands are like this right now. And I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me. You know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. But, um, so, you know, that's been a journey, but I think the thing that we're working on right now is what's always been our vision is continuing to, uh, the Word of the year is partnerships, right? Mm-hmm. I really want to, you know, the way we're talking about intercollaboration with other healthcare professionals. One of the ways in which we're doing that in our building, the wellness junction is that we do have a couple of tenants in our building that are ongoing. We have massage therapies, like sport massage therapies. We have a nurse practitioner who does mental and emotional wellness. We have a naturopathic physician and now we have a rental space in which we've been inviting different practitioners of health and wellness to come. So we have, we now have an ongoing yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. We have yin and restorative yoga. And this is done by a woman named Liat Pisco and she does Reiki energy. Um, She's yoga in Del Rey, but we also have this space for others to come by and do. We do have some sound healing. So you can follow us at the wellness junction on Instagram websites Mm -hmm. coming, but also to like, if you needed a space, well, I think you're pretty adept at, um, Mm-hmm. the podcasting and all that. But if others wanted a meeting space, we just love being able to introduce our clientele or people in the neighborhood to just different methods uh, or ways. You well, know. The,
0: yeah, the parking lot is the hot spot. Like I love it. I did, I did the sound healing there last whenever and it was amazing. And it was like, she, I, I've definitely used her since then. And like, so, you know, it and I brought people with me when I went to that, that class. I was like, oh, is that you the got gong? yeah. Yeah. I tell starting. people it's like a vacuum cleaner for your head sometimes. It's like it really
1: is <laughs> truly amazing. It's um, so cool. I resonate a lot.
0: Anyways, uh there will probably be some version of that in my in my wellness toolbox for myself, uh, at some point. Sure. For
1: (laughs) everyone. But that's the beauty, right? Of us trying different things. And we want to introduce that to like our clients
0: because there's there's so many different ways to heal. Yes. That yes. Yes. Oh, that's a beautiful way to wrap this up. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your generosity and being open and being a badass. Thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And I appreciate you. I know that we're... I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but I know we're so blessed in Delray to just have Mm -hmm. people who are really wellness professionals that are really just committed to
0: yeah
1: to the people and to the higher good so i appreciate
0: yes you thank you uh, yes no there's it's it's an, the honor of my life to be able to uplift a community you know whether they're uh, right down the street or like way over you know it's to me it's it's the honor so all right fabulous thank you so much and i can't wait to put this out Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the ThinkFit, BeFit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com.